In 2013, during my prayer time, God told me that there were going to be big changes in the ways of leadership, how influencers will lead effectively and how people will want to be led. I didn't fully understand what he meant by that, but it's something I've been watching ever since. The subject of leadership is something I plan to revisit many times in this podcast, and I couldn't think of a better person to start a conversation off with than my friend, Pastor Roger Kelly. He is a gentle giant and one of the most wonderful male role models in my life. Without further delay, let's get started. Hey, welcome to Chasing the Kingdom, where our goal is to provide hope and wisdom for spirit-led entrepreneurs. I'm John Balawa, and I believe God wants to use entrepreneurs to make the world better. Romans 8.19 says that the world is decaying and groaning for the revealing of God's sons and daughters. And that means the world needs you. And there are problems that can't be solved until you step into your God-given identity. If you want to stir up those gifts, then you're in the right place. Let's get hyped up for today's show. There have been a handful of people that over the years have proven themselves. And it's just so, uh, it's so interesting because now, you know, that I've had some life experience and all these things, uh, you, you start to look back at your life and you start to see what were constants and what were truth. And one of those things are friends. And I look back at the people who have been there and you were right. one of them. You yes. are, you are one of the ones I, I remember I went through a, a situation um, and I won't mention the situation here, but like, I, I, I remember you were the one I, 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 one of the first people I wanted to call. And right. I just want to say that it's such an honor to have you in my life. And I am so stoked to have you on my podcast um, right. that I get, we get to have this conversation. So yes, Pastor awesome. Kelly, I love you. Andre and I yes. love you. Yes. Yes, sir. Well, feeling is mutual and John is just God. I have reached, I'm going to say thousands of people that have come and gone, you know, because I played a role for a season and I'm okay with that. I, right. I, I can't stay connected to everybody. But you, you guys have been one of the ones that God is playing it. And so it's just him, man. It's, it's following the assignment. And, and it's fruitful because you're doing everything you can to help others. And that's what God said to me years ago. I want you to pour into people who are going to pour into others. So that's a great way to start the conversation because I got to tell you, I was, I, before every episode, I try to think of what is the theme of this person in my life? Um, even if I don't know them uh, personally, I try to think, okay, what, what do I think of when I think of this person? And right. your number one was leadership. That was the thing that just neon lights whenever I thought of you. Right. And okay. if it's okay with you, I'd like to start off with a story um, just to give context and then would love to hear kind of your thoughts on leadership and the state of leadership right now. Because God, one thing God told me was that leadership was going to change. The way that people are going to be led 
is going to change. And he told me this years ago, and I didn't quite understand it. I think actually he told me this more than 10 years ago, that leadership was going to change. And the story is, I was working for this tech company, and it was my job to travel across the country and meet with all these different tech companies. And one of my clients was a very large company. I won't mention the name here, but if I did mention the name, most people would know them. And I remember they were doing an experiment with really good intentions. And it was a rather large company, but they decided to get rid of their management positions. And the idea being that they believed everyone was equal and everything should, things shouldn't be, there shouldn't be higher hierarchy because then you make people feel less than. So I think their heart was good, but they, so they got rid of their leadership positions. And with this company, I had one contact and he was in charge of uh, the purchasing and make and distribution and all of the product and all that stuff. But I remember one time he just disappeared on me and I couldn't reach him. Found out through digging and calling that he had left the company. So I had to get to know a whole new other person and which I tried to do, but then that person left. And so right. I had to do more digging and then I had a new contact and tried to build a relationship and that person left. And so every person I uh, that replaced the original guy kept leaving. Wow. I did not understand what was happening. One time I went to a conference and there was this person I met who worked at the same company and I let her know what was going on. And she goes, oh my gosh, yeah, everyone's leaving in droves. And I go, what? What is going on? Why are why is everyone leaving? They said, they said, yeah, uh, people hate working there. I was able to track this guy down, uh, the original guy, after that. And I asked, why are people leaving? He goes, John, they're throwing money at us and no one wants to stay. So I said, describe what's happening. And he said, they got rid of all the managers. They made everything to where everyone was equal. and it just made the whole place toxic because what ended up happening was that even though there was no leadership position, there were people who were influential. And so everything turned clicky and these clicks were formed, even though, though there was no position, uh, leadership position. And what they did was they said, hey, this department, we're not going to have someone choose your promotions or your raises because that would be toxic and that would be oppressive so what we're going to do is we're going to make everyone your peers will all decide if you get a raise and how much guess what happens there when there are clicks and and you know maybe you're not speaking able to speak or have social influence it's going to turn really toxic so you're opportunity for promotion and your opportunity for raises only comes if the the people around you agree with it right right and they also right. did like where okay everyone has an equal say so they tried to control that and they said everyone has 15 minutes to speak if you don't finish what you have to say in 15 minutes too bad 
we'll go to the next one because everyone is equal. That turned text toxic because no one got anything done. And so he was trying to explain to me, John, they're trying to keep people by throwing money and money is not keeping people because it's it exploded. And so I think, you know, that's an extreme case. But I think that's what's happening in the world now. I think people are tired of toxic leadership, which leadership has been abused, but they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And now, right. like, people don't want to be led. People don't want to be held accountable. And we need leaders. In fact, right. let me tell you another story. I was at a coffee shop, and I, was, I met the pastor, one of the pastors of this very large church it's it's growing really fast there's like three sites and i you know i just met this guy and i was like hey you know like how's it going at your church and he goes john we're standing room only and the growth is just incredible we love what's happening but there are challenges i said really i said what are the challenges he goes most of them are millennials like 80 he goes i said i would say 80 percent of the people and these are people who have been hurt by the church And they're starting to realize, you know, like I need my relationship with God. I need to be part of community. So they're coming back. But he goes, these 80% millennials, they they have certain beliefs that make it challenging. One is they're not givers. And so the 20% of the older generation, if they stay, they are the ones who are giving. And he's and he was saying, we're we're happy with this, these challenges. We're happy to have the people who are coming. It's just, we need to find a different way because uh, we need to support the, the growth that's happening. And I said, wow, that's incredible. I said, what do you need? Like, what, what do you see that you need with this growth with all these people coming back to church and all these younger people like starting to get hungry again? He goes, we need Joshua's and Caleb's. We need older people who say I could still fight. That's what we need. And so here's this weird dynamic that's happening in the world and in the church where people, I think, are starting to need to to realize they need leadership, but a lot of them don't want any. And yet we need the leadership. We need humble leadership that is willing to lead a people who may not want to be led or don't know that they need to be led. So I would love for you to speak on that. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, it I, I will tell you that leadership is probably the biggest challenge for business and church and really everybody. I'm not sure that we even understand what leadership really is. I think when you when you say leader, people think of a position and they think of power. Uh, but leadership, as I understand it, and, and the way it was ingrained in me and spending a, a, over 40 years now in ministry, has more to do with authority. It's the same principle in the home. It's the same principle with being a husband, a father. It's, it, it's very much the same. And so I think that Wisdom and understanding regarding leadership, period. I think ignorance has probably been the biggest thing. Because if if my ego is involved and I need accolades, I need recognition, I need whatever, pats on the backs and my name called, 
then I miss really the whole point because it's more of a servant type role and it's really pouring into, into others. That's really, really important. And I think that, uh, so, so that is a major key, but I think there's just little understanding. Uh, Jesus set the real pattern for leadership uh, in giving his life. He made the move. He didn't wait on anybody. He he knew what he had to do. He didn't survey the crowd to say, hey, are they going to appreciate my death? <laughs> are they going to, uh, you know, are they, he, he was on his assignment. And out of what he did, leaders were raised up, other leaders out of the work that he did. So, so I think that clarity on what leadership is, I think a lack of personal well-being is a major issue. So what we do, we're trying to get validation. Um, and so as a father, I'm father of seven, grandfather of nine. If I needed my children to validate me, I'm in trouble to make me feel good about myself or whatever. So in fact, I had to make a lot of moves that were unpopular. There were times I had the whole family mad at me because of how I had to deal with something because the vision of a father is different than what everybody else see. But then it, at the end, at the end of the day, everybody came back and said, wow, we're so thankful that you really stood. Um, I remember a conversation with one of my sons and we had been talking about his schoolwork and I was saying to him, listen, you're in my house, you're under my watch. There's some things you're going to do, you know, regarding your schoolwork and other things, there are no two ways to buy. I said, now, if you like me, that's great. But my priority is not for you to like me. I said, in fact, sometimes I don't like you. <laughs> so we, we had that kind of relationship. And he, you know, but he really got the point. And years later, he said, Dad, I'll never forget that talk. The, the principles, John, are really the same if we're talking about leadership. Um, leaders have to have vision. Um, what's the assignment? Where are we going? What are we doing? From past, a pastoral standpoint, people's greatest concern is for themselves. It's a me, my, I generation to help them move from that to serving others, to take the focus uh, off of just you because there are laws that are set in place to help us. There's a law called reciprocity that says, look, what you sow, you're going to also reap. So if you do the right things, it's going to eventually come back. But it is, you know, uh, making sure that that happens. You so know, anyway, I'll let you. No, I mean, uh, leadership is such a hard, hard position. Um, it's not for the faint of heart. If you want to do it correctly, you could right. coast, you could just, you know, if you have, if you don't care, then it could be easy, but if you care and you do want to lead people, it's tough, you know, and I've led teams, I've led teams in the business world and it was very difficult because I had to make decisions to where people would hate me. And these very people didn't understand that I was protecting them. They didn't see that in the background, there were higher ups wanting them fired. 
And I was doing my job to prevent that from happening. And I had to make decisions that weren't popular. And so when you are a leader, if you do care about the people you are leading, that's so key. For someone like me, you know me, I love, I'm very relational. I love people. Right. Right. It's, right. It can be difficult to, to put myself in a position where I'm not liked. But if I'm leading, I'll do it because I do care, right? right. Um, and the purpose of a leadership, I was thinking about this earlier, is for a person to see what's available and bring people who have potential up to that point. Right. And if you think about Jesus, there's no way that his disciples could have had access to salvation. Right. He's the ultimate leader. He had to lay himself down. He had to say, I'm going down to a certain level just so that I could influence them and bring them up. He had to make that sacrifice and he knew he was going to, to offend people. And at the Sermon of the Mount, he said, blessed are you who don't get offended by me. Right. Because he knew, he knew he had to confront things for their very lives that would offend them. Absolutely. And that's what a leader does. A leader sees the potential in someone who is stuck at a certain level and says, I'm going to help them get up. But man, man, it ain't easy. No. And I think the other thing is in, in my book, leadership is a calling. It's not just something you do. Uh, you can take a job and accept the pay and da-da-da, but the essence of a leader has a call upon his life. And with that call comes a burden, care and concern for what, uh, and you just really pointed that out beautifully, care and concern about people and them getting into that next level because we are a walking graveyard. Let me, let me just say it this way. We are walking graveyard in terms of dead potential. People who have settled, who are walking around with seeds dormant in them, and they don't know it. Through distraction, indifference, sometimes laziness, um, people just, very few people are concerned about growing and reaching their potential. Leaders bring that out, just like coaches bring that out. And if a person is blind and they don't even realize it, 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 it's a job to get that done. But I believe it's a calling. I believe from the beginning, uh, early on in my life, that God had placed a mantle of leadership on me. Now, uh, and in, in in some senses, we all have a calling to lead because we are influencers and everything. But you're those that are going to really have great impact and walk in the kinds of things that you're saying. It, it, there's an unction for it. So if you take the calling out and the authority out, authority is influence. Power is I'll fire you if you don't straighten up. Authority is living in a way so that people look at you, believe you, and want to follow you. It's it's really all connected. So some people are power tripping, some people, and then there's wisdom. 
it, there's understanding people. You cannot have even the geese form a V shape when they fly. And one of them, they, they don't all lead the whole time, but they know how to let one lead and they fly in a formation that gives them efficiency, protection, you know, and everything. It, it's it's like that in the, in the in the animal kingdom. They even realize that. If everybody just took off and flew, they wouldn't travel together. They couldn't. Think of that. That open sky, every one of those um, birds with a different mindset could go in any direction, yet they choose to form together to ride across the jet streams. And they wind up at the destination they're supposed to be. So it's it's pretty chaotic to not have leadership. But I really do believe that one of the things that has to happen is that we have to have a an awakening, can I just say it that way, of people realizing what's in them and the need. The the biggest one of the biggest challenges in business today is the lack of leadership. A lot of companies cannot get off the ground because they they don't know how to number one recognize who their leaders really are to cultivate them and then to assimilate them that's so interesting i you know this is um there's such a need there's such a need right now how do we get there i mean do you have any ideas of what we could do to help get there to that awakening because I mean, because there's such a big problem. I saw that you're doing a, a, a special on masculinity. Yes. And that's another thing that I think is so, so needed right now. Um, right. We have this newly saved person at our church. And I, I love spending time with him because he's like a thinker. And so he's a he's a younger guy. He's in his 20s. And because of that, he has a lot of questions and he's always like researching and seeing what's true. So he's, he's, he's newly saved and he's, he's still trying to figure out what he believes in, <laughs> but right. uh, I love his mind because, you know, he's seeing there's something wrong with his generation. You know, he was saying, you know, there's something wrong. And he, uh, I was having a conversation with him. He was like, John, you know, I was doing research on testosterone. Now I didn't do the research myself. I'm just going to tell you what he, he, he told me, I, you know, I didn't research this, but he said that um, there was a study done and that the average male now, I don't know if it was in the United States or the world, I, uh, he didn't tell me, uh, has the testosterone level of an eight-year-old. That's scary. Um, and so I, I, I think because of the shaming of masculinity and how, you know, I mean... And it's not all men's fault. You know, I've talked right. to single guys. I've talked to single guys and I'm like, and, and, and they're, they're telling me they're challenging getting a date now uh, if you're looking for something serious, you know? And, and I would ask them why, uh, you know, they would say, I can't go up to a woman. I, I, I don't feel comfortable going up to a woman. And, and I'm like, why? Like, just, if you see someone you like, go talk to them. And they, they tell me that, they're afraid because of all the shaming. They don't want to be the creepy guy. They don't want to be a stalker. They don't want to like, uh, uh, someone told me they tried to open the door for someone and, and, and they got yelled at, like, I could open my own door, you know? And so like, when you do that, when you create this 
environment where guys don't feel safe to be masculine, right? Masculinity is going to come down. But I think that there's a tie in with leadership because um, not to say that all leaders are male. There's no way I'm saying that. Some of the best leaders I know I, are, I are, are what women. You're Right. right. But but like a man to lead, he has to embrace his masculinity. He has to make decisions. And I think women want that now. Women want men who are making decisions, who are taking charge so that they feel protected. Um, right. What do you think? Well, I think that uh, we there is a because of the breakdown of the family and fundamental things that I learned when I was in kindergarten. I mean, I learned it well stay with me my whole life. I think we have become inept at relationships. We don't know how to build relationships. Um, if, if a guy is single, it's not so much as going up and trying to woo a woman. It's knowing how to enter in relationships. Fundamentals, look, listen, ask questions. Um, get a person to open up to you. If a guy, we knew back in the day, that if you were on a date, if you made it to that place and you did all the talking, wooing and doing all of this stuff, it was going nowhere. But when she did all of the talking, when she opened up and talked about a family life, a childhood or whatever, it was a whole different thing. I, I think that we don't understand really. I mean, we're talking about things across a lot of sectors today, relationships, men, but um, you know, I just think that we, it, it, it's, it's understanding relationships, you know, first and foremost. And then the other thing I think is identity, identity. I've always been good, John. I have never been one to follow trends and fads and all of those things. Uh, I've been comfortable with who I am and I was buying a couple of new suits. Um, and so the guys were laughing at me, the, the tailors there, because I get them custom made because, uh, and we, so we spent an hour fighting because I wanted my pleats, right? They said, dude, pleats are gone. They just, they've been gone for years. I'm like, I don't care. I'll bring them back. Finally, I said, you, oh. you rock those pleats. <laughs> but, but the point is that I've always been comfortable, you know, with, with who I am. And I think that, again, so, John, what, what am I saying? What's well-being look like? If, if, I'm, if I'm healthy as a person, then my identity is healthy. Then I'm not doing things to try to uh, impress. That's not my whole, my whole thing. So well-being, fundamentals of relationships. The calling of a leadership. What's the difference in power and authority? Um, I have never, I've been married for 43 years. Congratulations. Never, That's amazing. Th thank you. Thank you, sir. I've never had to demand my wife to do anything or tell her you better. I'm the man. Like a guy, a young man wanted me to meet with he and his wife years ago when we were at the church. He came up and um they came. Gwen and I were there, and he said, so he was so funny. He said, the reason I call this meeting, I said, oh, okay, that's how it goes. So he's saying that you, pastor, need to tell her that I am the man. I said, let me get this right. 
You want me to tell her that you're the man? He said, yes, sir. I, I'm the man. I'm the head of the hot dog. He just went on and on, went on a rant. And so finally, when he got got it off his chest, I said, if you need to meet, if you need me to tell her that you're the man, she don't know it. She don't have a man. He was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then he didn't say nothing else. And then, then we talked about um, what the relationship really means and how Christ gave his life. He didn't, I wasn't walking down the street and a lightning bolt hit me in the head and said, hey, this is Jesus, buddy. Get your act together. Or there's more where that came from. I heard the message of his love and what he did. And it just so touched my heart and touched my life that I opened my heart. And I've been walking with him ever since. Hey, I hope you like the show. If you got something from it and want to bless me back, leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And also, subscribe to my channel. If you want to connect with me on social media, my Instagram is at kingdom.moves. I pray that God gives you hope and that you step into everything he's got planned for you. Peace. Peace.